And welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast, folks, interview series. We are up here again, and we have another awesome, awesome guest with us. We have joining us here on this episode, Mr. Jeremy Pierce of the Colorado Kayak Fishing uh, Club, who is the newly elected tournament director for the bass uh, side of things. They have their multi-species and bass. Mr. Pierce, Jeremy is uh, is a uh, our uh, new tournament director for the, for the coming season. Jeremy, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you, Gene. Hopefully you're having a great evening. Uh, got our first snow here in the spring, so. I know, uh, right? Definitely the, the main part of the season starting to wind down. I may have uttered an ex- ex- expletive when I went out onto my porch and saw the rain turned into snow, man. I'm like, yep. no. <laughs> Not ready. Not ready. I've still got quite a few trips down to Pueblo in me, so I've I've fished well on into the winter here. Uh, it could be a good bite. It could be a little slow, but you could definitely catch some big fish still, even when the snow is falling around you. So, yep, isn't that the truth? Well, and I was happy to find out. I was under the the uh, understanding because of a couple lakes up here that literally shut down to all all traffic. Yes. They don't let us on them. I was thinking all of Colorado that was that way, and I'm like, dude, if that's the case, that means in Minnesota I could be on the water longer than I can in Colorado. And it's like, I, I get it, reservoir versus natural lakes, yeah. but still, it was like, no, I'm not I'm not ready to give up just yet. I went out to Quincy yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, I think it yeah. was yesterday. I went to Quincy with uh, Lucas, and yes, that was. It's nice that I found a few of the lakes that are still open out there. Yeah, a few of them when they pull their docks out and they can no longer safely launch their their patrol boats. Basically, uh, they shut the lakes down. But Pueblo, Horsetooth, uh, and I think it's maybe Carter Lake uh, along the kind of like right on the range up there. Uh, those three definitely stay open year round. And Pueblo, since I've been here, I've been here for eight and a half years. I've only seen Pueblo kind of close down with ice one time, and that was uh, two years ago. Right. So it's you can usually get on there at some point in time. That's awesome. Because like you said, I mean, there's still fish in there. Still, it can be done for yep. sure. There's a reason the ice ice fishermen, you know, love love the winter so much. That's just not my yeah. game. But uh, for sure. So, yeah, man. So let's, uh, let's talk about it here. Um, let's uh, introduce who you are. Uh, what it is you do, what got you into kayak fishing, man? So again, Jeremy Pierce, I've uh, been in the Air Force active duty for 18 years now. I actually just hit 18 last month in September. Nice. Uh, I've been here. In, uh, that brought me here to Colorado. Uh, I can't thank the Air Force enough for that assignment. I've managed to kind of wheel and deal, move around offices long enough to, to stay here. I think I'll be able to finish off the next two years here. That's awesome. Uh, we Moved into a house in Banning Lewis Ranch in Colorado Springs, and we absolutely love the area. Uh, the kids are in a great school, so we, we love Colorado, uh, and the fishing's pretty good. I'm not going to complain. Uh, it'd be nice to be a little closer to a lake. Uh, it's about an hour to an hour and a half drive to a, a good chunk of water from here, uh, but honestly, we, we wouldn't trade it. We absolutely love it. Uh, That's awesome. Like I said, I've, I've been in the Air Force for 18 years. I'm originally from Florida. Uh, my very first memory is fishing with my grandmother on a uh, dock that was by a family uh, boat ramp that we owned the property for. Nice. Uh, and I mean, we'd sit there on the dock, you know, throwing corn on the a little hook and throwing it out for pinfish and mullet. Yep. Uh, it, I, t- I tell you, a very underrated fish to get on a hook if you can get them is uh, silver mullet down off the Gulf Coast. Really? They, they fight. They, I mean, they fight almost like bonefish. They jump. Uh, wow. They're honestly one of the best 
fish that you can catch. And I mean, we used to catch them on a cane pole and it was a blast. <laughs> wow. Uh, we, we'd get it out in front of them with uh, little corn kernels and maybe a little bit of dough on the hook and, and they'd bite it. And it was, it was a good time. Weren't those some days, uh, man, I taking yeah. the, 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 you know, wonder white bread or whatever, and you make the little dough yeah. balls and, uh, and literally, yeah, a can of corn, you go drop back yeah. in those days, you could spend 30 cents and get a can of corn at the grocery yeah. store. And you line, I mean, your hook would have like this smorgasbord, you know, sitting on it yep. and just wing that bad boy out there. I loved it. And, you know, growing up in Florida, I was constantly in boats. Uh, we used to to take my uncle's aquasport out into the Gulf on days where the waves were almost as big as his boat was. <laughs> uh, those are times wasn't quite as careful as I am now. Uh, but growing up Fatherhood in boats, does that. <laughs> yeah. Fatherhood and injuries. That, that's that's true. We're not as bouncy uh, as we used to be. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I grew up around boats, uh, taking his boat out. I was a deckhand in high school for a big charter boat. It was a 36 foot uh, Hatteras uh, that we used to go out on a lot of King and tuna trips. Uh, so I love being in boats. I had an aluminum boat while I was stationed in Nebraska. Ended up kind of coincidentally getting into kayaks because I was working part time, you know, active duty, working part time at a Cabela's. And my manager made me return this kayak that a dude had for a month and just beat up. And it was a little nine foot sit in a motion. It wasn't set up for fishing or anything. And I was like, I'll do this transaction on one condition. And that's you let me have first dibs on it when it goes to the bargain cave. <laughs> and he's like, you got it. Cause I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I bet. So I, I returned it and I ended up being able to buy it for like 70 bucks. When it went back to the bargain cave, I tossed a little, uh, a rod holder on the front of it. I have a backpack that I had my tackle and stuff in between my feet. And then I had two flush mount rod holders behind me so I could take three rods on it and some tackle. Wow. And I started using that more than my little aluminum boat. Uh, so it was just sitting in the driveway. And when I got my orders here to Colorado, my wife was like, well, the boat's just sitting. Why don't you go ahead and sell it and just use the kayak? So I did. And I got here and I started getting onto some bigger reservoirs like Pueblo and going out to 11 mile. And I was just undersized. So I was super nervous to take it out into deep water. Cause if I flipped that little sit in, I, it was going to the bottom along with my gear. Yep. Uh, and then finally in 2018, I convinced her to let me get a Hobie with a pedal drive, got my outback, uh, still rocking that same outback. I absolutely love it. Uh, that's it's awesome. a great platform. And uh, that's actually the year that I started with uh, the kayak fishing club. I was searching online, happened to find it. Uh, found out that they did the tournaments and the memberships. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be competitive right now. Uh, Cause I, right. you know, I didn't have anything set up on it, but I was like, I'll, I'll go do a couple tournaments, meet some of the guys, uh, see how the club is. And there's no turning back. Uh, ever since 2018, I've been active. I've taken a couple breaks. Uh, my mom passed away last year in May, right after the very first tournament. And I was like, I'm going to do some more family time this summer. So I took a big break last year. And then this year I had, uh, I missed the first set of tournaments at John Martin with COVID and then the end of the year, I thought my season was done after Trinidad in July because I was having an ACL rebuild on my right leg. Uh, and then I, I, I managed to sneak out for one more tournament, happened to be 11 mile. And that happened to be a great tournament. I caught a, a huge pike towards the end of the day. Uh, I was already in first place because of a pike. I, I had a big cull with a 28-inch pike. I already had a 29 on the board. And then I ended up catching I'm guessing it was probably close to 42. If you look at some of the pictures that, uh, that Matt took, uh, where you can see the tail hanging off the board, I've got the 32 inch catch board and his tail was fully off the board, uh, wow. at least a good close to 10 inches. So it was big. 
And it's not my PB pike as far as length goes. I caught a 48 while I was stationed in Alaska. Wow. But it weighed, this pike at 11 mile weighed probably seven pounds more than that one did. Jeez. I mean, this thing, it it took everything I could because this it's the biggest fish I've caught from my kayak. And it took everything I could to, to get it up onto the, you know, onto the kayak in the net. Uh, he let me borrow, uh, Matt let me borrow his fish grips because I couldn't find mine. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just a mess. And, you know, I'm sitting here like, <laughs> how am I going to measure this thing? Uh, so I actually well, took my first picture, like we're not allowed to use a restraining device on the fish, but I was like, just to get him in position and everything, I took my first picture. I've got it on my phone with the fish grip still in his mouth. And then I just real slowly removed them so that he didn't really feel it as much. And then just kept on taking pictures as he was, as the fish grips were coming out until I had one about him. <laughs> it, was, it was a mess, but I mean, it, I absolutely love this club. Uh, been in it since 2018. The guys, like I said, Max came over and let me borrow his fish grips. Yep. You don't see that in any kind of other organization out there. It's just, it's so wholesome. And the, the group of guys is just phenomenal, you know, helping me get my kayak in and out of the truck when I'm pre-fishing because of my knee. Uh, those kind of things. It's, it's just super kind group of people in this club. There's no fishing forum, anything like ours, even the Facebook side of things. You never see, you know, a lot of drama or anything in the club. It's just really awesome. And that's important, man. You know, I mean, especially in the club and in the universe of social media, that's such a big, big deal. I, I can tell you, um, I stepped away from social media about, uh, about 10 years ago um, for a while, just because of that, the junk. And then I, I learned how I could actually tailor uh, the social media a little bit more to my yeah. liking. I still get a few leak throughs like on my news feed here and there, yep. but the more you block and hide and unfollow and, and report, you know, or not report, but basically just say, do not show any more of this, yep. the more your news feed tailors. So now my news feed is, is, you know, it's fishing, it's, you know, tackle companies, it's humor, um, and you know, some sports, I, I follow the Broncos and avalanche, of course, you know, and so, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, Hey, we're, we're orange, you know, we're going to ride and die to, you know, all the way through Bronco fans got to give them some I'm, time. I'm a Bucks fan. And this year it, it, Brady should have stayed retired. It's, I don't know, man. It's something's something's going on down there that's a little bit different, and I'm not sure. You know, it's it's you know, Denver's got got its issues. I I've yeah. been around football a lot in my life. I coached uh, football for 18 years from from fourth grade to high school varsity, and um, you know, it's it's a lot deeper than what the fans think. They think it's one player, this one coach, that it's it's a much bigger issue that they've got. And uh, hopefully they'll figure it out. Tampa, I'm sure Brady will find a way to fix, you know, the stuff. The guy's a mutant. And yeah, uh, you can't yeah. beat him towards the end of the season. Is what he could do is so impressive. You're gonna have to rally everybody to it. You have to lop off limbs before I'll ever bet against him. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> the guy is just he's built in a lab, I'm sure of it. So yeah. Well, that, you know, and that's, we were talking about this off air about the, the community piece uh, within the yeah. kayak world and the CKFC, you know, embodies that. Um, and it's, you know, it's something that, that a previous uh, guest that I had on here, he and I were talking about it in Colorado. We're so very grateful to have the two, you know, uh, uh, tournament clubs, although CKFC is much more than just a tournament club. It's a, it's a community. Yeah. Uh, it's a kayak fishing club. The Colorado Kayak Bassmasters definitely you know focused on tournaments that's what they do it's yeah. with, with bass nation but that ckfc you know it's it's uh i know when i was brand new to the to the community coming in it's where i first stopped 
to to understand kind of the the landscape of what was going on here in Colorado. Um, I joined that. I joined a, a canoeing and kayaking another group, um, and I can honestly say that other group was filled with you know a bunch of the things that we don't like to see you know in that stuff. And I quickly yeah. left that group. I was like, yeah, no, we're we're not going to hang out there and 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 talk that mess. But it was, you know, that's kind of one of the cool things I found was that CKFC, you know, encompasses from the entry level, if you want to learn it, all the way to the far more experienced, you know, anglers that uh, occasionally jump out and, you know, jump in a Hobie boss or do whatever. And it's that melding, you know, of that, of that, uh, that melting pot there that is super, super cool. Well, and like when some of the more senior members, when you got like the the Johnny Bass, Johnny W., uh, Alex, Dave Kuzer, Jason Duong, when, when CKFC was started, that's what it was for. It was to get the guys together, no matter, you know, what level you were at, get you out on the water, you know, have a couple guys out there with you to boost safety when you start, you know, pressing your boundaries uh, and then also to give back. So, I mean, it's CKFC. Yes. We've, you know, we're a big club. We've got 4,500 social media members. We've got over a hundred active tournament members, but first and foremost, it's a community service organization. Uh, since I've been a part of it, we've given you know thousands of dollars to Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing, uh, Colorado Youth Outdoors, uh, the what is it, the Boys and Girls it was Club. A, oh, well, Boys and Girls Club this year was huge. That's the tenth anniversary. They were the first ones that Johnny and them gave to the first year ten years ago. Yeah, uh, seven hundred and fifty bucks, and this year you know, over almost $7,500, uh, that's 10 awesome. times that in 10 years. That's huge. And that's all through, you know, members signing up for the tournament series, signing up for the tournaments. Uh, that's, that's how that's raised. And it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. I've been a part of that, you know, giving the check to project healing waters with my kids was just absolutely amazing. It's one of the coolest experiences because you go out there, you're getting better at fishing, you're testing your limits, you're seeing what you could do but then you're also giving back to the community. It's huge. And, and it's, it's something so special. And I think that's one of the things that kind of really helps with the club, uh, keeping that like kind of mellow feeling in the forums and everything like that. Uh, plus, you know, a lot of the guys aren't afraid to kind of get in there and, you know, if somebody's kind of being disrespectful to educate them about, you know, what we're trying to do and why we're trying to keep it, you know, the way that we do. Right. And it's, it's unlike any fishing group I've ever seen online. I've been in fishing chats since, you know, 2004 and I've, I've never seen anything like this group that runs, you know, so kind and so smoothly online and social media with how things go about today. It's just, it's unheard of in the fishing community. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's, you know, that, that piece there, that giving back, you know, that service to others, that was also one of the things that attracted, you know, us over here to the CKFC because it was, it was that same mentality that, that we had a, an epiphany, if you will. And we changed the model of what, uh, you know, working our small business from the professional angling side, what we were going to do with our time. Um, yeah. You know, everybody in their aunt and uncles out there, you know, the advertising promotion piece for, for equipment and tackle gear, we flipped the script on this and moved it to a advertising and promotion service for nonprofits that were, that were working in certain sectors. Um, we started off a little bit broader and now we've narrowed it down. And then, you know, obviously, uh, obviously joining the Romans warrior foundation as, you know, an, another part of it, but that service to others that the Colorado kayak fishing club does 
um, was something that, that, like I said, struck a chord with me. And it's like, okay, I got to know who these guys are more and find out, you know, what we can do to, uh, you know, support, do, you know, do our part to try to help, you know, support the club and, and, and help you guys move forward. So getting a chance to interview awesome people like you, I mean, you're basically a poster, you know, boy for, uh, the service that we do at Romans, man. I mean, active military family involved in fishing and kayak. I mean, you are the, you are the the reason why we're out there, man. So before we get going any further, I, I know it's it's maybe coined and said too much, but uh, sincerely and honestly, from everyone at Romans, thank you for your service to you and your family for everything you guys do for us out here to make it so goofballs like me can uh, run this kind of stuff and and stay out here. We appreciate it. And thank you for the support. Uh, it's, you know, especially being in the military and, you know, my dad was active army, uh, medically retired uh, and seeing like what he's gone through and stuff as a war veteran. It groups that have started coming together to support veterans and things like that. It's, it's so important, especially, you know, the country's been in some kind of conflict uh, <laughs> since everybody says 2001, but honestly, you know, right before that, we were doing a lot of stuff in the 90s, and we've got guys that have been dealing with a lot of things since then. Uh, plus, we've got our veterans that paved the way during the Gulf War uh, on back to Vietnam and stuff. You know, excellent generations. We've still got World War II vets that are just now starting to talk about some of their experiences, right. and people don't know what to do to help a lot of these guys. Yep. Uh, so having organizations like Romans, Project Healing Waters, uh, things like that. It's, it's so amazing to see all these groups starting to really come up, come together uh, to help out veterans and our active duty members. I absolutely love, you know, a lot of the things that people are doing now. Well, and, you know, there's a part of you that, you know, as not a veteran myself, just as a, as a, as a citizen, someone who considers themselves a, an actual patriot um, to the people, not a government per se, um, but a patriot to the the men and women that have sacrificed so much for for what we have here. Um, it's there's a part of you that that says, "I wish we didn't have to do this. Somebody else should have been taking care of this." <laughs> but it is an honor to do so. You know what I mean? And that's when recreational therapy uh, has gathered so much ground, you know, nowadays, and it's, it's, it's backed with medical science. They may not have all the information yet, but they absolutely know they no longer call it alternative. It's now considered complementary therapy. Um, it's a real, real deal and, and getting outdoors, mind you, the science on it, there's a lot that goes into, you know, you're looking for something with a focus point, something that helps them focus to this with an objective and, there's a deeper science to it. Bottom line is go fishing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just get out, enjoy the outdoors, take it in and kayaks, man. They offer something that, that other fishing just can't offer. You and I have been there. We've been in the boats. We've seen the other kind. And there's a reason that we are so hell bent on loving being in a kayak. And, and I mean, I've, I've got a, you know, a $3,000 kayak with a thousand dollar fish finder, but there's still something connecting you to the water Absolutely. Uh, that reminds you of the days where guys were just in a dugout canoe <laughs> out there on the water with a stick and line or setting nets. Uh, it gets you back to kind of the root of things. And, you know, we go out there in our tournaments and stuff like that. And we go a little crazy sometimes. Uh, but when you get out there in a kayak and you're just exploring new waters trying new methods of fishing. There's so many things, little facets to it that connects you back to 
a real rudimentary version of what humanity was a long time ago when things were so simple, you know, disconnecting from it. And it's, it's a special time where you, when you get out there and, you know, my wife, she doesn't even fish, uh, but she absolutely loves going out there and getting out in the kayaks in the water. And especially here in Colorado, the lakes are so beautiful. And, yeah. you know, I've taken several friends out there that have never kayaked, they've never boated and they've bought kayaks. They've bought stand up paddle boards and stuff right afterwards because they're like, they, they love the simplicity of it. They love, you know, how close you are to the lake and, and just what it really represents. It's, it's quiet, it's peaceful. Uh, and then we go out there and we wreck it, you know, spending $10,000 on a kayak and fishing gear and, <laughs> and tournaments. But uh, just the, you know, when you, when you get out there and you strip everything down to the basics of it though, it's, it, it's absolutely awesome. I will, you know, I may own a power boat again in the future, but I will never be off my kayak for an extended period of time. I absolutely love it. Well, and I think you, you can, you know, agree or disagree with me on this, but one of the other pieces about our community that I have found is that it does tend to be more conservation driven. Um, yep. We, we pride ourselves on the fact that we have very little, even in the tournament side, very little impact on the fisheries yep. that we're at. Our catch photo release system is something that apparently baffles uh, a whole other sector of the fishing industry because they, they're not sure how they can do this. And it's like, yeah. um, bro, we've got enough technology nowadays that, well, you know, they're starting to get a little bit closer. You know, you've got the, the MLF who's got the, the catchway release. Catchway, style. Yeah. Uh, the biggest issue with them is being able to have the marshals on board with them that, that can yep. handle that for us doing the links. We've got, you know, the standards of measure that we use. That's why we as a club use catch yep. uh, as of next year. That's, that's one of the things uh, starting next year catches it that's the yep. only board that we're using because their standard of measure is the best in the industry right now uh and it, duke west camp and his team at catch are absolutely fabulous and what they've done is made boards that are affordable almost indestructible uh and their measure is great it's yep. very hard to do anything with a catch board that can make your your stuff illegitimate yep plain and simple and all the national trails, they've pretty much standardized to that too. They don't yeah. allow any other any measuring device. It's catch across the board. So we're all measuring on the same. So, yeah. you know, in that, uh, that whole piece, you know, I've, I've just, I've seen things, um, you know, take place on the water with kayak anglers that, uh, that I absolutely 100% believe in. When you go by and you see like a floating bait deal or whatever, um, even in the boat, that's literally, in my bass boat days, I will I would admit that's about the only time the net ever came out because I usually most time was fishing with braid, you know, in the big thick yeah. weeds. So I never really worried about a net. I always boat flipped everything unless it was really big. Then I lipped it. But in the kayak now, I will I will you know catch things you know from time to time on the water and it's boom and literally behind the battery in the back of the kayak is a little spot back there that's free and that's where. Yeah. Um, if I catch fishing line, I've watched other guys do this where, you know, if you, you snag up on some fishing line, I literally will, I stopped in the middle of a tournament to get this line out of there. Cause it's just dangerous for, you know, for everything out there. Um, and I've seen other guys do the same and that's, it makes me feel proud to be a part, you know what I mean? Of that community yeah. out there. Have you, have you found the same? I've, I've definitely found the same. I've, I constantly, uh, in between my seat and my, uh, I've got a flambeau tough crate. Uh, there's a little area in my tank well, and I'm constantly, you know, floating trash. I'm right there on the water. You see everything. Yep. Uh, so floating trash, debris, 
uh, line, when I get tangled in somebody else's line, I'm trying to get as much of theirs as I can that they just yep. left. Yep. Uh, but then also we've, we've had members of our club stop in the middle of tournaments uh, to go out of their way to go help people. Yep. Uh, especially, you know, you go do a lake like Horsetooth, the, uh, the paddle borders. Uh, I've done it too. Uh, two years ago at Horsetooth, I stopped what I was doing because there were some paddle borders that were starting to get pushed out by the wind and they were struggling. I went over there, handed them my anchor line and I pulled them in. Uh, it took 10 minutes out of my tournament. You know, I was on a hot smally bite. I don't care. Uh, I'm more worried about the fact that they were, you know, having trouble. That's right. Uh, being on the water is my, you know, it's, it's my safe place. It's my, you know, that's where I anchor myself, literally like, you know, boat on the, the water is where my, I anchor myself. That's, that's what I care about. So making sure that people are safe out there, making sure that the water's, you know, cleaner than I left it, you know, those kind of things are important to me. And it, you see, it's so important to a lot of the other people in our club. Yep. Uh, like I said, you know, CKFC, it's a, it's a service group. It's got, the, you know, a lot of people with the same kind of like-mindedness uh, in it. And a, a lot of guys, even across the country, uh, you know, it's, it's a nicer way of doing things than I've seen in a lot of other different types of boating and fishing events. Yep, for sure, for sure. So now let's talk about your role here. You are the tournament director. That means uh, what to those that are unfamiliar with that? Uh, so we're the the poor guys that get to schedule everything. Uh, <laughs> so we we sit down. Uh, we as a board, you know, I I'm not the I don't do it in a vacuum. Uh, we don't try to to single handedly or single mindedly come up with anything. Uh, so we sat down as a board. Uh, virtually, of course, through Facebook, because we're kind of spread all over the front range. And uh, we talked about it, you know, we're looking at, you know, best time of year to hit different bodies of water. We're looking at trying to change a few things up, tweak things from each year to year uh, to see what we could do to have the, the best tournament season to get people out there on the water and not just have a good time in the tournaments, but actually make sure that people have the ability to hopefully go out there and, you know, catch a limit, be competitive, yep. whether they're a brand new person in the kayak scene, like I was in the tournaments in 2018, uh, to a seasoned veteran, like hopefully I will be next year. Uh, so it's, right. it's one of those cases where, you know, we're, we're sitting down coming up and then also, you know, my, part of my job and Justin Collins, who's the multi-species director, uh, deconflicting things as we can uh, with other organizations. And then we also go through, uh, we're a KBF affiliate, so we use their insurance uh, so we go through and we work with KBF to get their insurance to cover all of our events. And then we present that to the lake managers and we apply for special event passes and permits, uh, you know, pay our fees and stuff like that, that we've got to do. And then uh, that's how we get our tournament schedule. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you went through it nice systematically there, but it's, it is a lot more entailed than what people realize. Yeah. There's, there's so much in the logistics side of setting these events up Um you know, there's always the armchair quarterbacks, you know, well, why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing that? It's like, you know, um, always appreciate the feedback, but it was one of those things I learned early on that, you know, I'm going to trust the fact that these guys weighed out everything that was in front of them, yeah. you know, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's, we, that's, it's definitely uh, kudos to you, man. And, and to the entire board for taking the time to Thank put you. that schedule together. Cause it looks like a really, really fun schedule here that you guys have lined up for next year. I've got it here in front of me. Yep. Um, yeah. So you're going to be hitting uh, just uh, the names of these, but John Martin, that's a, that's a big place way yeah. down South Pueblo, 
fees, arguably one of the best fisheries in the state, Trinidad, that one, a uh, little schizophrenic, but can be pretty hot, you know, yep. down there. Horsetooth, that's, you know, the tooth. And of course, yep. Boyd, um, the, the battle between Ogre and Ogre Slayer at Boyd, you know, always yep. takes place <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, man, that's, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome, awesome deal. Um, yeah. John Martin in April, what was the, what was the um, philosophy behind that? So one of the biggest things here that we faced are the drawdowns because of the water rights that we've got with this, you know, our, all of our neighboring states. So on the Arkansas river drainage, uh, you know, once you start getting into the spring and the summer, you know, Kansas and downriver are taking a ton of water out of our reservoirs. So you see what the water level is on uh, Pueblo right now. Yep. It's a shell of what it was back in April. Uh, so one of the biggest things with John Martin is we've hit that one, you know, a couple times in recent years and we keep ended up hitting it right after drawdowns. And we've had guys that have gone and pre-fished and had amazing bags out there. And then we get to our tournament after a drawdown and what they were fishing is out of the water, literally. Right. Uh, so we're trying to hit it as early as we can before, you know, they start the crop watering and stuff like that in the spring. Uh, getting a lot of melt in there over the winter and and we're hoping that the water levels will be peak and we'll have a lot of brush and stuff like that along the shorelines that some of the bass will be holding in. Uh, so that's the big focus that we've got with the April 15th at John Martin. And then uh, our guys had a sleigh fest in the multi-species at John Martin this year. Uh, they were catching some really big walleye, really big wipers. Uh, they right. had a really good time. Uh, so we're hoping, you know, hitting John Martin that early in April you know, we, we, in Colorado, you're always gambling in with the weather, um, right. no matter what you do, when you start going into the springtime, you know, you're, you're playing with fate at that point. Yes, sir. Uh, but we're, we're really hoping we hit a solid window. I spent a lot of time uh, on like historic weather sites and stuff like that, looking up windows in April and what lakes, you know, we might could possibly hit. Cause a few years back we did a Boyd tournament in April and the night before we had four inches of snow. Oh my gracious. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. And then we've had times where we've gone to even to go to Pueblo uh, for our first tournament of the year and either had to have weather cancellations, weather delays. Uh, we've had severe cold fronts run through. So, you know, any lake we're going to hit, we're, we're going to run into those issues. But we're hoping with John Martin that hitting it before that drawdown will have a good tournament. You know, and, and one of the big things we deal with out here, especially in most recent years, is the wind. Um, yeah. you know, in boat tournaments, you pay attention to the wind. It kind of changes your game plan a little bit in a kayak world, dude, it's, we're not talking about changing the game plan. It just becomes just flat out life threatening at some point, especially when you're talking, you know, 50 degree, you know, you shoot even 60 degree water, man. That's, yeah. that's nothing to play with. If you're, if you're trying to make a crossing or something, you know, and, uh, and those, those rollers start kicking, um, I know your Hobie that Outback handles big water well. I know my Unlimited handles it well. But even even having said that, you know, I, anytime the rollers start getting big, you know, it's like I'm I'm hugging the shore. So in case something yeah. does happen, you know, first things first, get your butt to shore, get out of there. But yeah, so we we had uh, I think last year on uh, the CKB side, and then the All American, we we also had a couple delays there. CKB we yeah. had to reschedule, um, and so yeah, it's it's going to be part of it. And, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, we've got paddlers in our tournaments that are in, you know, several different models of kayaks. You know, not everybody's in a Hobie or, you know, New Canoe Unlimited or yeah. Pro Anglers, Native, you know, Slayer Maxes, uh, all the big ones. 
you know, so that's that's one of the things that we as tournament directors have to take into account, Absolutely. not only for the scheduling, but also, you know, I'm sorry if at some point during the season, but, you know, you might lose a camping reservation because I've got to, you know, wave the red flag and say, no, we're not going to do this this weekend because, you know, even though you may be capable to do that, there's somebody else that, hey, their health is more important than your bass limit. Absolutely. So that, that's one of the big things that we have to take into account. And that's so awesome that you as a director get that, man, that, um, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot very unpolitically correct here and be, be honest with this. Cause I've run in these crowds a lot, especially coming from the North and into the Midwest. Um, there's this, you know, macho, you know, machismo, I'm a, I'm an angler, you know, you know, salty dog type thing. Shut up. Safety, safety, man. You know, no fish. I don't care who you are, what you do. Um, no fish. Uh, or tournament is ever worth putting yourself in, you know, uh, a really bad situation. We can come back around. We can work. Like you said, we can figure out a camping reservation. We'll, we'll iron it out. You know, Um, you know, it just becomes a, so that's awesome. You as a tournament director, you, you, you know, are erring towards that side. They're, they're in good hands in my opinion uh, going into there. Um, one of the things I actually did want to uh, just, it's a little bit off topic a little bit, but it's on the same subject here. So cold water, you know, kayak fishing, yep. there's, I wanted to, to bounce this off um, someone, cause I've got an idea I'm working on here and that I'm going to see how this works out and pans out. But so let's say we're going out and it's, you know, 40, 50 degree water. Um, this is some dangerous water when we're talking 40 degree water. You you don't have a long time before hypothermia is going to start kicking in. If all you're doing is going out in a hoodie and some sweats and, and bundling up in your winter gear, you're basically a big sponge anchor waiting to happen if you go in the water. Um, obviously, the PFD um, is the, you know, the critical lifeline there. But even that starts to get a little tricky with a PFD when you're talking boots filling up with water. So the mentality is dry suit, right? That's, I see these kayak dry suits everywhere, but dude, they're like a grant, you know, I mean, this kind of puts it out of the reach of a lot of people here. Have you ever heard of anyone using um, in the ice fishing world, which I'm not an ice fisherman at all, but I come, I come from the the land, right? Yes. The flotation. Now they're not rated PFD coast guard. Yeah. Um, as a flotation device. But what my thought was, put on some of that ice armor. Clam has, you know, some of the best stuff out there. You throw on a full set of ice armor with a PFD. Seems yeah. to me that, you know what? Number one, you're going to be nice and toasty warm. Number two, if you do go in the water, you've just kind of hedged your bets that you're going to be able to get to shore yeah. unless you're way the heck out there. But you've increased your chances, you know, with that flotation piece. Is is that is that a thing? Has anybody ever tried that? I've- I've heard of a few people doing it. Uh, the big thing there is the bulk. Some of those, right. uh, the ice armor suits and clams and stuff like that, some of those can get kind of bulky. You know, I, I work maintenance out on a flight line wearing bibs and big jackets. I was stationed in Alaska. Uh, so, you know, you you kind of learn the limitations of what you could do in some of those. And, right. Uh, for me personally, pedaling a kayak in some of those bibs is not something that I'm necessarily <laughs> looking forward to doing. Right. Uh, so for me, I typically, I, I do smaller layers, uh, you know, real good under layer. Uh, then, you know, usually like a, a sweat pan or something like that, usually fleece. And then on top of that, I put my Gore-Tex pants. My, my Gore-Tex pants that I've got from the military are some of my favorite outer layers. 
uh, for when it gets cold because they've got some, you know, water resistance. They've got buckles down on the, the lower part so they don't take in water as fast. Nice. Uh, and they also, they, they shed water quickly off of them. Uh, so those are typically what I'm wearing when it's cold. And then in my front hatch, I've always got a dry bag with a towel, a emergency blanket, and then a change of clothes. Yep. Because, uh, of course, I haven't spent the $1,000 yet on a dry suit. I know a couple guys that have. I just haven't made it there yet. My wife has talked about it, uh, maybe yeah. for Christmas, who knows? Right. Uh, but for me, the, that biggest thing is just, you know, responsible layering, uh, making sure that people know where you're going to be at. And then also I Absolutely. stay a lot, I find myself staying a lot closer to shore. I'll still get into deep water, but I stay close to shore. That real, like, uh, you know, I find some of those ledge areas and stuff like that, that I can fish that are pretty close into shore that are, you know, deeper water, because uh, those fish are going to find deeper spots when it's that cold. Yep. Uh, but I just try to stay a little closer to shore. That way I can get the kayak into a safe spot and then, you know, get out of those wet clothes, get changed, whatever I got to do yep. uh, to start getting warm again. I've had a couple close calls in the winter. I've been really uh, lucky, uh, you know, minding, you know, some of the capabilities and things like that of both myself and my kayak, uh, but also making sure that either, you know, friends know where I'm at, the wife knows where I'm at, being within earshot of other people, things like that, uh, just to try to hedge those, uh, any of those little things that I can. Goes a long uh, way. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was, you know, I'm always looking for that affordable piece. I mean, obviously I like having the right gear, the right tool for the right job. Right. But it's yep. always a matter of, you know, one of the things I learned on the kayak side of things is that everything is very personal. Um, you make, you know, no two kayaks, regardless of model ever, and, you know, end up looking identical just because it's a very personal thing for you that you build it to your, you know, liking your style, your preferences or whatever. And so that's, I started thinking, I have a connection with clam in that, uh, all-terrain tackle and blackfish who I've been with for years. My longest running sponsor is all-terrain tackle. Yeah. They're owned by clam outdoors. Okay. Clam owns the whole thing. I just have never really utilized any of that uh, just because I'm not an ice guy. You know, ice time, I got fuzzy bunny slippers on and I'm doing a ton of map study or a podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> that's my winter time, you know, type deal where, but then I started thinking, well, you know, there might be, you know, something to be said for this. And not saying it's going to keep you 100% dry because it most certainly won't if you go in the water. It's not like a dry suit, but. Yep it would most certainly, you know, it, to me, it seems like a middle ground there where it's going to, it is yeah. going to help me, um, you know, because I've seen the videos in the past and I, I, I differ on this whole, you know, you fall out in cold water. This is how you get back in your kayak. In my personal opinion, after serving on the Larimer County dive rescue team for, for several years and doing some ice rescue, doing swift water, you come out of your kayak in cold water. The first thing you need to do is calm down. Yeah. Second thing is get your butt to shore. Your yeah. kayak, your gear that can all be replaced. Okay. If you have a chance to grab it and you're in a position that you can, you know, swim to some, some rocks or whatever. Cool. But that should be the last, the, like, you know, way down the list, you get yourself to shore and get out of that water. And then yes, start finding your dry bag, <laughs> get back to your <laughs> truck, figure out how to get out of that situation and get yourself, yep. you know, warmed up. But uh, yeah, it's it kind of. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, bounce that off an experienced guy like yourself. Uh, I'm still, I will be 99 and still learning. That's the way I view it. So I always like to, you know, learn from you guys that have, have done this stuff before us. 
You learn until you die. That's that's I, the thing. The, the day the you know it all better. is the day that you're probably not breathing anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've always said. Is like the, the, the moment in fishing that I get to the point where I think I've got it all figured out is when I need to get out because I've, I've made a mistake there, um, you know, for sure. So, you know, last night I had a chance to interview Scott um, and we talked about, you know, membership for the CKFC. We talked about it's very easy. Um, yep. You know, what would what advice would you give somebody if they're if they're interested in checking out the club? What would be, you know, some advice that you would you would give them? Honestly, like I love the way I did it in 2018. I kind of just jumped into it. Uh, yep. I talked with some of the guys a little bit and, you know, there, there's varying things that you can do. But the biggest thing go ahead and get into it. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt your feelings. Cause we're, we're not that kind of group. We're not, yep. you know, anybody that you know, will, will rivet a couple of our guys, especially, you know, some of our board members, if they have a bad tournament, right. Right. But they, they know. Uh, well, and I think we, it's important to make point too, is that joining the club isn't about just fishing tournaments. You yep. don't even have to fish a tournament, join the club, yep. be a part of a group that gives back and, you know, the benefits, man, they're, they're tenfold. We've, we've got several guys that I've yet to see at a tournament that, but they buy memberships every year for one yep. of the series or the others, or sometimes both uh, as part of the charity piece. Uh, but then also you think about it, if, if you get a new fish finder and you want to deck it out with a Dakota lithium uh, to, sh to shed a little bit of weight out of your kayak, that discount that you're going to get is going to be more than what the membership costs. More than pays for itself. So if, if you want to upgrade a couple of rods, if you want to get into some of that entry level, you know, higher end graphite rods, the discount you're going to get on casking is going to be worth it. Uh, you know, you start looking at some of those things, how those stack up. And even, even if you come to the club and you want to say, okay, I want to enter into my first one. We've got giveaways at the end that sometimes are well more than what the, the tournament entry costs. Exactly. Uh, so it, it just really depends. But the biggest thing about it is get out there, be social with the guys, uh, you know, go out there and learn. We've, we've got people from every skill level that go out there in different tournaments and stuff. We've got people that, you know, they might be a, an amazing walleye or trout angler and they're just now, you know, stepping a toe into the bass because you never know what somebody's skill level is going to be out there in those tournaments. But that's one of the best parts about it. You get to the end of the tournament and, you know, our top five, typically, you know, when we start saying what we were doing that day, I know, especially for myself and several of the other guys, we're not giving you, you know, a, a bag of hot air at the end of the tournament. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I could, I could go down to my garage and show you the little flicker shad that got absolutely yep. torn up by pike and trout at 11 mile. Yep. Uh, I could show you the Kitech uh, easy shiners that I was using at Trinidad. Uh, and the VMC sickle hook jig heads that I was using them on. You bet. Uh, we we like to share information. I'll tell you right now, Dave Kuzer, uh, who's one of the old hats of the club. He's an amazing walleye angler, moved on to the bass world, uh, was kicking our butts a lot. But they posted a, a post of his from several years ago about a type of walleye rig using a catfish slider that I had never seen. And I used that for the first time on Trinidad and I won a multi-species tournament. It was my first tournament win in the club. Wow. Uh, and it's because of the information that they share here. Uh, Jason Duong has given away, you know, not just gear that he gives away. Uh, he gave away a, a really nice like concealed carry bag that was full of lures during our end of year banquet, but also the knowledge that he shares. Yep. Uh, he's, he's given away more knowledge than almost anybody that I could think of in fishing. Uh, if you ever need to know about jerk baits and stuff, Alex Rojas will, I mean, he'll give you lessons. Yep. Uh, 
because they're, they're those kind of people that are in this club. They, they feed on it. Uh, and we do, we just enjoy sharing the knowledge of it and getting people out there on the water and, you know, no matter the skill level, no matter how much time you got in the kayak, you know, a lot of us have spare kayaks and stuff. We'll get you out there. We'll get you fishing. Uh, we'll teach you and we'll try to get you on fish, whether it be during a tournament or, you know, even a lot of guys come out there during our tournaments that aren't members or aren't, you know, actively in the tournament themselves, but we still will share the same information with a lot sure. of them. We'll share, you know, our knowledge of the club and give them advice and things like that. We, we just enjoy doing that and growing the sport. And that's, and that's the the whole piece on it. You know, it's, um, you know, you can, you can join up, you can, you can get a chance to gather the information and you're, it's, it's, we're, we're talking a minimal, minimal uh, club fee. Was it was like 30 bucks for the year or something like that. It's, it's 20 bucks per series. Uh, and then oh, okay. the tournaments are, are $50. Gotcha. And that's, but that's, that's also the, that's the club uh, entry fee, right? Yes. $20 per share. Okay. So, so yeah, you so, could join one of them just to, just to, you know, pay to, to be a part of it, to join the club. Yeah. And yeah, man, that's uh, that's and super, the, super cool. Even like the Facebook side of it is not members only. You don't have to be a member of one of the, the fishing series uh, to be on the Facebook group. But then to to get the discounts, to be part of the, the donation piece of it, and then to have the opportunity to fish the tournaments, you do have to buy into one of the series. Yep. Uh, but there's there's so much information available out there yep. within our club. Uh, so it's, it's definitely worth it, especially when you start looking at the work that uh ronnie romero did the last couple of years and then scott's already doing you know this year to set up stuff uh so you start entering those and i mean who knows i mean tim van sickler won a you know five thousand dollar plus kayak from waterline this that year. is crazy so, scott and i, I were mean, talking about waterline that was a that's an awesome deal you know you look at a sponsor like waterline and what they've done for this club that's that put us literally in the top echelon of kayak fishing clubs in this country. Yep. Uh, you know, there, there are other clubs that have given away kayaks and stuff like that. And that literally put us in that, but I guarantee you a lot of those other clubs aren't also donating $7,500 to boys and girls club. Exactly. Uh, so there's, there's something to be said about what CKFC does each yep. year uh, between our anglers, between our sponsors, between, you know, just giving back to the community. That's, you won't find that hardly anywhere else. That's awesome. It is. It's a special place, special club, awesome people. Um, you're right. hundred uh, percent on it with Jason and Alex. When you're talking about them, I had the pr uh, pleasure to, to fish uh, with them against them at the, on the CKB side of things. Alex was up at horse tooth for our first event. Jason was in several uh, one, one of our, uh, maybe a couple of our events uh, this and yeah, always, always there to bounce information off of, you know, it's my, my first year in Colorado waters has been, you know, kind of driving the struggle bus, um, learning the downsize all my baits. Uh, the way I've described it is it's finesse or famine out here. And that's the weakest part of my game is the finesse side. I, yep. I'm a two fisted approach. If it doesn't have 19 treble hooks on it, I'm not interested in slinging it. And, you know, so it's, I'm learning uh, the presentation piece and, yeah. um, you know, how that, how that goes on. I'm excited about next year, the prospects there. For and, sure. and I'll tell you a secret too. Uh, Jason is not only an amazing angler and amazing teacher for angling, but he's also a great weather vane. If you see <laughs> Jason in closed toed shoes at the beginning of our tournament, you know, the weather's going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> you might need to beef up what you're wearing. So if he's not in his slip flops, you know, that weather is not going to be good. Gotcha. I'll pay attention to that from now on the footwear of Mr. Jason. 
So I just, I wanted to touch on briefly here, obviously, uh, self-serving uh, purpose here. Um, you are a veteran. Actually, you're active, uh, active duty military right now. Um, you come from a, a, a line of that through your family. What has, or in your words, the, the getting involved in the outdoors, uh, you know, obviously specifically uh, kayak, but anything I've, I've watched your Facebook stuff, you and your entire family engage the outdoors. It's a part of your lifestyle. Um, I love, love following your posts, you know, from, from that, uh, that aspect out there and just wanted to, I mean, it is something that's real close to home for us being able to bring the outdoors to this, uh, the community of veterans and first responders out there because of the, the sneaky uh, beneficial things that happen with it. You know, some people, yeah, I love to go fishing. You have no idea what it's doing for you, man. It's, I didn't realize why, you know, guys like you and I get bit with a bug, right. You know, on the tournament side where, we take it to an extreme level. Obviously we start buying a lot of tack, a lot of gear and so forth, but it, at its primal piece, there's something that it does for us personally. And I just, I wanted from, from you, what, what your f- thoughts are on that. So I'm going to go back to an event that happened in May. So I missed the John Martin tournament cause I got COVID. Uh, I finally got released from, you know, my self-isolation that the military tells me I need to do. Right. And it's coming up on a weekend and I go down to Pueblo. I'm down there fishing and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to have fun, but I'm also doing the walleye monthly and I'm sitting there and there's a guy in a glitter boat next to me coming around the corner and we hear a gunshot, uh, an individual up on the shore come to oh. find out had attempted to take his own life. I remember this. Uh, and the first thing we could think to do is rush over there. Uh, so we get over there, you know, we're working things. I'm working the first aid piece, directing guys to go out towards the trail. Cause we're a good ways off the trail. Uh, so we're trying to get the first responders out to us. I'm talking to 911 as I'm trying to keep this guy, you know, alive, basically. And fishing is my safe space. That's that's where I go out to de-stress. That's where I go to to get away from it. And this is what happened during that. But I tell you what, the, the first couple calls I was able to make, I did call my dad. But then also I called Mark Lehman. I called Jim Malcolm, uh, guys from the club that I've met, to talk to them because – you know, I knew I could talk to them. Uh, they're the, they're the guys that'll listen. They're, there's a special group of people in this club that, you know, I don't know how to, I'd have dealt with that situation without, because somebody just took away my self space. Right. Uh, and I, I tell you right now, I still, you know, when I go out to Pueblo, you know, this late in the season, I start hearing the guys shooting for duck season. It, I flinch. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to deal with, but I know I've got the guys in the club that I can talk to. I'm out there on the water. It calms me down a lot quicker. Um, and it's, it, there's just something so special about it. Like I said, you know, you're getting to that kind of rudimentary nature of things being out there on the water and outdoors. Yep. Um, I'm taking my son rabbit hunting on Saturday. Nice. Uh, you know, nice. getting him out there. He's 10 years old. Uh, he's had his own gun for quite a while that we've worked with on his gun safety. He's doing all of his hunter's education and everything. Awesome. Uh, I'm finally, hopefully getting back to to bow hunting. I'm, my wife calls me the world's most unlucky hunter. I've separated my shoulder while I was pulling back on a deer one time. Uh, <laughs> I've, I stoned a, my very first whitetail that I ever tried to shoot with my bow. I stoned right in the shoulder and my broadhead went in a half an inch and she knocked <laughs> up on a tree. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting back to it and my, it's, it's so great to see, you know, the excitement for my son to get out there, uh, oh, get my daughter out on the kayaks. My, my son's not as big of an angler, but my daughter, 
uh, when Josh mentioned trying to go back and relooking at doing a youth tournament, my daughter's like, I want to do it. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's teaching that next generation, those same skills that you learned from either your parents or a relative or even a friend of the family or even a stranger. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone out and I've taught plenty of people, different techniques and stuff like that. My, my neighbors were heading up to Rampart and she was going to go up there with, you know, dough baits and stuff like that. And I was like, Hey, I, I came and I grabbed a little KVD uh, clown colored jerk bait. And I was like, Hey, this is what you need to do. Helped her tie it on, showed her some different things. And she went up there and she's slaying trout. Nice. Next to all these people that are throwing eggs and dough bait. And she's like, I was the only one catching fish. Because <laughs> you're the only one that had something that the fish wasn't like. This is dangerous. Yep, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just sharing that information, talking about something that we're passionate about. Like I said, one of my first memories is fishing. So it, it's a passion for me. It's an addiction. Uh, so just getting out there is calming. It's relaxing. Even during the tournaments and stuff, I could get super stressed during a tournament. Guys have been around me when that's happened. Yep. But it washes away real quick Doesn't uh, it? in the moments, whether you have something amazing happening right after that, or if you just get to the shore and you're just like, man, I just got beat up during that tournament, but then it washes away faster than any other defeat that you'll ever have. Yep. Uh, there's something about it, especially when you start talking to guys about their day. If you got a friend that wins the tournament, dude, I had ACL surgery and Jim Malcolm went up there and won horse tooth. Dude, th that was phenomenal. I was one of the first ones that called him. Uh, I could not be happier for the guy. He's getting ready to move now with the, the military. Uh, but it's just the, the bonds that we've gotten to build and stuff through the club uh, yep. and through those kind of sports like fishing. Uh, there's just something special to it. It is. It is. You know, and that's I found my love on the, the outdoors piece. If I had a bad tournament, this, mind you, I'm going a few years back. Um, actually, beginning of the season, I went through quite a deal here coming into the kayaks. It took, I took a month, stepped back, got myself redialed back in, come back, felt, felt phenomenal. But one of the things that I found out was if I had a bad tournament and had to do that walk of shame, you know, where I got like two fish in the bag and I got to walk up to the scales, um, hang my head, you know, dip my hat down just so my sponsors can be seen, not me. But um, one of the things that I found is I realized that one of the reasons I was so uh, dejected and, and upset wasn't necessarily because of the performance. It was the fact that I had to get off the water now. It was over. Yep. All that work, everything that I'd put in, it was over. And so what I started doing actually in some cases if I had a really bad tournament or something didn't go so right, I'd end up staying an extra day and I'd go out the following morning and I would have a drive back all of a sudden that was okay. I could, while I was out there fishing that next day, I was running through, well, that makes sense. I should have did, you know, this is where I made the mistake. And it just brought everything back together. And it wasn't until probably two years ago that I started actually researching into the recreational therapy side to what, what is this? What are you talking about? Yeah. And started doing the research online um, and, uh, and understanding, well, that makes total sense. You know, what it, that, that if individuals just working through a rough day all the way to the point of anxiety, depression, PTSD, you name it, 
the benefits that comes out of engaging, doing what you and I love to do, man, it's, it's huge. It's a massive, uh, massive impact. And what a great, great option as opposed to some of the other things that are available out there, you know, that they, they try to throw towards, towards gentlemen like yourself, once you're out, you know, uh, of the deal. Um, one of the, one of the best things I was taught this, this word isn't a real word, but we use it anyway. It's they take about eight, between eight and 12 weeks to recruit you. And then three days pretty much to decruit you, you know, here's some numbers. Here's this. See you later. Take care. You know, that sort of thing. And that to us is just broken. That's, that's wrong. You know, especially when we're talking about guys that have been deployed that have, you know, seen the worst of the worst over there um, or wherever. And so, yeah, it's uh like I said, we're we're very thankful for for you guys and your families. Uh, that was the other thing I've been taught: is your whole family serves at the same time. It's uh, it's not just one person. So, anything we can do, you know, in those regards, engaging the outdoors. We're actually thinking about putting in. Uh, although I'm sure, I'll, I don't know. Maybe this is some mountain biking. Uh, not really like not trails up in the mountains, but just yeah. right. Colorado has so many trails, man. That is like you said, it's so beautiful out there. Yep. You know, and so we're actually considering see if we can maybe find some partners that would uh, that would help us with that for maybe three, four bikes at a time, you know, type deal. Well, and the nice part about it, too. Uh, so I had a injury on the flight line that led to me having a major uh, L5 S, S5. Of, yeah. Lower back injury. Roger that. Uh, had, <laughs> had surgery on it in 2014 and found out that, hey, I, I have issues leaning over. I can't. I used to mountain bike a, a good bit. Oh, wow. And now I can't lean over for more than like five, six minutes on a normal bike. Uh, so I, you know, talking to veterans organizations and stuff like that, I ended up getting one of the tadpole trikes uh, based off recommendations from nice. another veteran that had back issues. And I'm out all the time zooming around Banning Lewis ranch. Uh, I absolutely nice. love it. It's a great way to get out. It, and there's, there's a company in Colorado Springs that sells those kind of trikes and they modify them. So no matter if you've got like, amputations and stuff like that. They, they do a lot of modifications for veterans. Uh, they do several of them for free to, to be able to, to get them back out there. Now, what, it, what is, this is that the one that you sit like a, like an, like an recumbent type style where you sit back? Yeah, so you're, it's got the, you're a normal kind of recumbent seat with the pedals out in front of you, but then it's got two wheels to the sides with joysticks and then one wheel to the, to the rear that's your drive wheel. Uh, oh. and it's, it's super comfortable. It's kind of low to the ground. So I've, you know, traffic here can be a little bit of a nightmare uh, <laughs> riding on the road, stay uh, on the trails. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's just really nice to be able to get out there and it doesn't bother my back at all. It's great exercise, getting me ready for kayak season. And things I was going like to say, it's real similar to the kayak yeah. position too. So, so, but it's, you know, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. And like I said, it, it was a veterans organization that were the ones that kind of turned me on and said, Hey, you know, have you thought about doing this to get you back into that? And Very then that's cool. also what got me back into shape where my hobby was, you know, runnable. Heck yeah. uh, so it's, it's just awesome having those kind of things and that kind of information out there for us. Good stuff, man. Super good stuff. So to wrap this up here, 2023, um, you are the Bass Tournament Director. Is there any one of those events that, uh, not for you personally, because you're going to go out there, I mean, you're a stick, man, so you're going to be battling on all of these, but is there any one of these events that sticks out more to you than another that you're really amped for, you're, you're excited to see unfold for the club? 
Pueblo in May. Uh, I think that's going to be an absolutely hot bite. That's the uh, one that I saw too. I'm like, that's oh. right. As the temperatures are starting to really hit, uh, there's there's something to that. And then also, you know, not traditionally being from the multi-species and the rainbow trout side, but that September 11 mile, uh, I'm, I'm partial. I did win this year, uh, <laughs> but dude, those the pike were chewing, the trout were chewing. I had never caught a limit at 11 mile before. Wow. And then moving it into September, I I got to pre-fish just a little bit, uh, but that that bite at 11 mile in September, it, even if you're just a bass guy, you you're just maybe thinking about you know dipping your toe into the the multi-species side. That's that the one to do. Pike, and a lot of trout were caught that were you know 18, 19 inches. You're using wow. a lot of bass tackle. Same with spinny. Uh, but honestly, that that 11 mile September tournament, even if you're just a hardcore bass angler consider that one. Absolutely. Uh, that is a phenomenal bite and it's beautiful out there. If you, if you're fishing like the bass scene and you haven't made it out to 11 mile reservoir, that is one of the most beautiful lakes you will ever have the opportunity to put a, a kayak on. It is nice. absolutely gorgeous with boulder fields, mountain views all around you, uh, <laughs> everything around. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. Got your home, home defense system. <laughs> Awesome stuff. Jeremy, listen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time with us here on this and for talking fishing, talking club stuff. Um, who knows? I mean, you and I were, were talking before this thing here, you know, my, my uh, challenges on the pedal side of things. Um, but who knows? I mean, there's, there's some things in the works that I can't just totally disclose just yet that just might help me in this regard where I can squeeze in a couple of those events there. Cause I absolutely would love to one way or another, we'll find ways, more ways that uh, the true Patriot outfitters can, uh, can help support the club and, and do what we can um, for sure. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we, we, again, Thank you uh, to you and your entire family. Thank you for coming on the podcast with us here. And uh, we'll have to start doing uh, more of this. If, uh, if I ever get the courage to go live, um, which we just might, uh, we just might. Um, anytime there's special announcements or special events like that, we'd be glad to uh, try to be a vessel of communication for you out here. Yeah, we'd love it. And thank you again for the support and having us on here to talk fishing, uh, to talk the club, to talk, you know, the things that we really love doing uh helping get a lot of the information and stuff out there we love growing the club like i said we're 4500 strong on facebook right now constantly growing but getting the right people in there getting the information out to them that's the biggest yep. thing that we can ask for so thank you for giving us the platform to share some info you bet man and that's uh, like i said that's that's what we're here to try to try to support in any way we can it's a it's a good mutual uh mutual beneficial deal for everybody involved so well awesome man listen uh, looking forward to uh probably getting out there and having you kicking my butt and showing me some cool things on colorado waters <laughs> out here so you be safe during the cold stuff and i'll uh, i'm sure we'll be uh, we'll hopefully be trading some picks here in the next uh next month or so of some some of the outings awesome gene thank you so much and Again, have fun and stay safe out there as well. Will do, brother. Thank you very much. You're welcome.